The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I was born in the and welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, what do you think we're going to be talking about today? Of course, the Democratic National Convention. And I'm calling the title of the show today Deception, which is both Hillary Clinton's middle name and the title of a just-released book by Ken Timmerman called Deception, the Making of the YouTube Video, Hillary and Obama Blamed for Benghazi. Now, that's just one of, but certainly one of the key um, deceptions that... uh, that Hillary has been accused of, and that is um, hopefully with the with the with the help of Ken's book, uh, going to be even more of a focus now during the convention and between now and election day. Um, it is amazing, <laughs> you know. You got to give her credit for something. How she has somehow managed to shed the responsibility for Benghazi, as bad as it is, um, and and also managed to shed being. Uh, put in jail for her emails. I mean, we have to give her we have to give her credit for that. But um we certainly don't want a a president whose middle name is Deception. Um of course the the we're in the throes right now of the Democratic National Convention. Last week the media was jumping on the Republican National Convention uh finding everything they could with finding fault with everything they could about Trump, uh, Millennia's speech, and so on and so on. But uh, the chaos and the circus of this week's DNC, and it's hardly gotten started, certainly beats any kind of chaos or media circus or political circus of uh, last week's. And, um, and the thing is, with um, the Democratic National Convention, there's no, uh, well, uh, very little chance of uh, surprises coming up to redeem Hillary. I mean, yes, she all, she announced her vice president. I guess that was kind of a surprise, but she did that at the beginning. Um, so I don't know that we have any any surprises, redeeming surprises to look forward to, like we had with Trump when his kids gave speeches. Everyone was incredibly dep- impressed. They they hadn't really heard their children speak. Of course, now what's going on is um, Bernie Sanders trying to get his supporters to back Hillary. And, you know, you've got to give them credit because they are not willing to be as hypocritical as he is, pretending to uh, make nice and back her. Uh, obviously, he must have gotten something for this. But, um, but uh, he, this, uh, his 
his, you know, doing a 180 is going to take a toll on him, not just in terms of politics, but in terms of his health. I'm really concerned that um, having to swallow what he really thinks and back her is, is going to have a very deleterious effect on his health. So you heard it here first. Let me, without further ado and without further chance of being, well, I don't know, I was going to say without further chance of being disconnected, but, you know, obviously my guest uh, has some very strong opinions that uh, the DNC doesn't want people to hear either. So let me introduce him. Ken Timmerman, he is the author of the new book that just came out, Deception, the Making of the YouTube Video, Hillary and Obama Blamed for Benghazi. So, Ken, welcome to the show. And thanks for having me on, Kel. It's a pleasure. Um, do you think they're listening? Do you think that, do you think that's what happened? <laughs> oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> let, let, if, even if they are, um, now let's talk a little bit about. Well, first of all, let me let me give some of your incredibly impressive credentials. Ken Timmerman is a nationally recognized investigative reporter and war correspondent. He was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 2006. He's the New York Times best-selling author of 10 books on national security issues, which is, you know, an incredible feat. And his latest book is sure to also be a bestseller. In fact, it was already starting to be a bestseller in pre-sales. So there's no doubt about this one. Because um, we have heard about Benghazi. You may even think that you, you know about Benghazi, but you certainly don't know about it and its connection to the film in the way that Ken has researched it and, um, and described all of the, uh, all of the nooks and crannies and, and deceptions. So maybe, um, why don't you start, well, well, first of all, why don't you start with your Comments on I know you're I know you're dying to talk about um, the DNC and, and what, what's your opinion so far? Well, it's been uh, it's been a treat to watch Democrats twist themselves into pretzels uh, to uh, try to declare Hillary's uh, foreign policy record as a great achievement. Um, watching Michelle Obama uh, talking about how America is a great nation already, so we don't have to become great again conveniently forgetting her own speech eight years earlier during the 2008 campaign when she said it was the first time in her adult life that she had been proud to be an American. Hmm. Uh, So that was just eight years ago. But now everything is just great. We're a great country because Obama is president and Michelle is able to go all around the world on Air Force One, all expenses paid uh, by the taxpayer with her two girls. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, remarkable what a difference eight years can make. We're talking today with my guest, Ken Timmerman. He is the author of the newly released book called Deception, the Making of the YouTube Video, Hillary and Obama Blamed for Benghazi. Um, Ken, we were saying that, um, that uh, it's unlikely that the American people can be that fooled to think or not to realize that things are so much worse in America um, now than, it was, than America was eight years ago when uh, Obama took office and then she soon after became Secretary of State, which was her big mistake um, and, you know, in giving up the, her chances to be president then. I, I think you know, now it's, it's very, very slim to none chance. What do you have to say? 
Well, I have a column that's up today at the Daily Caller uh, about uh, precisely that, and it compares uh, the Middle East in particular uh, that Obama and Hillary inherited when they took office in January of 2009. And I go country by country, and then you look at those countries today. Uh, and the difference uh, that has taken place because of their policies and because of their failed leadership. Israel was confident in the strong relationship it enjoyed with the United States in 2009. Today, Israel never knows when they're going to get slapped uh, by America's leaders. Uh, Iran was boxed in. that They were worried in 2009 that the United States might actually help provoke an uprising of their own people. Today, the Islamic State of Iran, the Islamic State of Iran, is confident that America will do nothing and has just given them $150 billion. Turkey was an ally. It was, it was secular in January 2009. They were a member of NATO, plus they were also an ally of Israel. Well, as soon as Obama uh, befriended Erdogan, uh, Erdogan broke his alliance with Israel, started to launch terrorist attacks against Israel, and today has turned Turkey into an Islamist nightmare, a dictatorship. And you could just go down the line. Gaddafi's Libya. Right. I was in Libya in 2004 when uh, U.S. officials put Gaddafi's uranium enrichment centrifuges, that is, his, his, um, uh, the technology, the equipment that he needed uh, to make nuclear weapons, they put it on a U.S. freighter in the port of Tripoli and shipped it to the United States. He gave up his nuclear weapons manufacturing capabilities. He became an ally in the war on terror. That's where he was in January 2009. Today, obviously, Gaddafi's dead. And Libya is in the hands of ISIS and other jihadi groups. It's a catastrophe, an unmitigated disaster. Yes, it is. And, and as you mentioned, I think the worst of all of that is, of course, the Iran deal. And uh, that's one of the things that Trump, um, well, he's, of course, criticized the, the deal um, significantly and one of the things that he hopes to renegotiate. Well, let's talk about um, your book and this the whole um, Benghazi attack and the film and and how Hillary and Obama uh, easily or, or uh, conveniently um, jumped on that as a way to uh, avoid responsibility themselves. So maybe just remind us, <laughs> give us a little uh, Reader's Digest version of what happened in Benghazi, and then we can uh, get talk about the film. So, so here's the thing. Uh, there was... A, an organized, premeditated terrorist attack on the diplomatic facility in Benghazi uh, on the evening of September 11, 2012. Uh, they breached the perimeter with RPG rockets. Uh, they were armed with Kalashnikovs and grenades. Uh, they uh, forced the ambassador to go into his safe haven with, uh, a, uh, along with Sean Smith and a diplomatic security agent. And then they proceeded to set the place on fire and kill the ambassador uh, by suffocation and Sean Smith. The battle went on for 13 hours from the diplomatic facility to the CIA annex. Meanwhile, back in Washington, Hillary Clinton was holed up with a bunch of political hacks in the White House on a secure video teleconference with the White House. And for two hours, instead of uh, coordinating with the Pentagon, which they had expected her to do, on how to, to rush military reinforcements to Benghazi while our men were being fired upon, she uh, 
actually plotted the deception, along with Dennis McDonough uh, and Ben Rhodes at the White House and other officials. Five of the ten action items they came out of after two hours of meetings, two hours while the guns were blazing in Benghazi, they were sitting in a meeting. Those action items dealt with the YouTube video that's the subject of my new book, Deception, and it dealt with how they were going to fool the American people, how they were going to lie to the American people, how they were going to blame the attacks, this terrorist attack, on a YouTube video that, in fact, nobody had seen. It was completely obscure, as I reveal in Deception, the YouTube channel that was first noted by American journalists that night, late that night and early the next morning, thanks to government uh, uh, sources, had 405 views. In other words, oh, nobody wow. had seen it at all. Wow. And then, of course, when you watch it, you understand why nobody has seen it. It's really bad. I mean, it's really, uh, I mean, besides the ideology, you know, just as a piece of film, you know, it's, it's so incredibly amateur and ridiculous. Um, okay. Now, why... What people, of course, I'm sure the reaction that you get and this whole issue, um, people, the the people who want to believe in Hillary and Obama will say to you, why? Why would they bother? You know, why didn't they do something in those two hours and those thirteen hours? Well, uh, and and now you you can you can, can read the the Defense Department, uh, the Pentagon uh, says, well, you know. Uh, the distances were too great. Our forces were not on alert. The uh, rapid reaction forces that were in one country had to get airlift capability from another country to be able to go to Libya, and on and on and on. They give you all these excuses. Military guys don't give you excuses, okay? That's not what they do. They, 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 they rush to the gun. That's what Ty Woods did. That's what Glenn Doherty did in Benghazi. All of the GRS players, all the GRS security guards uh, who worked for the CIA, who saved over 30 lives, American lives that night, by the way, by their heroism, they ran to the gun. But we had a bunch of uh, 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 you know, army brass and political hacks who were just trying to figure out how not to run to the gun and to, to keep from taking taking risks. I think that is ultimately what it was all about. They did not want to take any risks, and they thought the situation was under control. Under control by whom? Huh, uh, uh, by fate, because, <laughs> because the reports that they were getting out of Benghazi certainly did not uh, 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 suggest that things were under control. The battle was, was waging all during the night. Well, yeah, in fact, I recently read an article, and you probably read it too, or you knew about this, that, you know, it, well, having to do with her uh, newly released emails, um, that there were 600 emails from uh, Benghazi, related to Benghazi, that she ignored. And uh, meanwhile, there are these emails where she was um, chatting with celebrities, but all 600 emails <laughs> ignored about Benghazi. Well, and those emails specifically had to do with the security situation in Benghazi, the security threats in Benghazi. You know, we heard her on 60 Minutes uh, last weekend uh, saying, well, you know, that was not my ball to carry, the security situation in Benghazi. Well, actually, mm. yes, it was, uh, both statutorially and morally. By statute, she uh, was obligated, compelled, to sign off on the security 
situation, the security measures at a substandard facility overseas, which this one was, okay? It was not built to State Department uh, security standards. So it was the Secretary of State's personal obligation by law to sign off on the security arrangements. She never did that. She said it was just the hired help. They screwed up, not me. You know, it was all the fault of the hired help. That's a typical Hillary Clinton uh, excuse. And then you see her going into what I call Clinton defense mode in that two-hour meeting uh, where they plot this deception on how they're going to blame the YouTube video for the entire attack. And it gets, you know, really quite uh, intricate because uh, I discovered they, they, uh, they enlisted the help of Google, uh, and there's some email traffic uh, on this as well that I found, uh, and uh, it, it certainly appears that they had a government contractor which uh, had close ties, which was working for the State Department and the CIA, set up a special YouTube channel to make the film go viral, because ultimately uh. the YouTube did go viral, but it only went viral with help from the United States government. Well, let's uh, stop here to take a break, because that's a perfect place. Uh, and we will continue when we come back, I'll be, and we'll talk about all the different, the, the additional. Well, I, I want you, when we come back, to talk a little bit first about the film and um, the details of the making of the film and who made it and so on, and the actress who really, um, you know, was furious about it and who caused a lot of uh, legal issues. But we'll, we'll start with that one when we come back. My guest is Ken Timmerman. His book is called Deception, The Making of the YouTube Video, Hillary and Obama Blamed for Benghazi. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. 
Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about deception, Hillary's middle name, and the title of my guest, Ken Timmerman's latest book, just released on the eve of the Democratic National Convention. It's called Deception, the Making of the YouTube Video, Hillary and Obama Blamed for Benghazi. So um, we were just being reminded by Ken about, about the details of Benghazi. And now um, tell us about the, the details of this film. I've watched the film. Um, I, you know, the film has gotten more... Uh, has also gotten more views because of all this uh, controversy and, and because of the election and so on as well. So take us, start us from the beginning, though. Uh, the movie, The Innocence of Muslims. So uh, a, an Egyptian Coptic um, con man named Nakula, mm-hmm. who had been put in jail for, uh, uh, you know, check, check fraud and, and bank fraud, uh, he decided... Uh, the greatest thing he could do in his life to sort of make amends, I think, for the bad things he had done was to make this movie that would explain to Americans uh, exactly what the doctrines of Islam were all about. And he claims to have studied you know, Islamic uh, holy texts and to have drawn um, from them to create the scenario for this movie. And as I go through the whole scenario, it's true. You know, the, the, the actual stories in the movie are authentic. But the way that they are filmed, uh, he, he got, because he did this on a low budget, he made the whole film for about $75,000, as I was able to piece it together from his bank records. So he hired a, a, a director whose uh, previous credits had been soft porn movies. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, so you can really, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And, and you can really tell. Um, yes. That from some of the scenes. <laughs> yes, you can tell that with some of the scenes, absolutely. Uh, and so, <laughs> so Muhammad, the the prophet of Islam, becomes uh, is portrayed as being lecherous, gluttonous, uh, greedy, bloodthirsty, uh, and all kinds of things. Uh, and it would be, you know, it's kind of like Monty Python meets the Koran, <laughs> but without the <laughs> laughter because it was not intended to be funny. Um, but, of course, as we watch it, it is funny. But here's the thing. As he was making this movie, he did not tell the actors and the actresses what it was all about. He changed the names of the characters. So Muhammad was called Master George, and his wife, Khadija, was, was called uh, Condoleezza. And Cindy uh, Garcia, who's a main character in my book, Deception, uh, she was an actress. Uh, she played the mother of a seven, eight, nine-year-old girl named Hillary in the movie that she played in, but of course becomes Aisha, the famous child bride of Muhammad. Muhammad marries Aisha at the age of six. He consummates the marriage at the age of nine. And Cindy, you know, wasn't aware of all this. She just had this feeling. She said, look, I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. My gosh, I'm here playing the part of a woman who's handing over her young daughter to marry this old lech who must be at least 53, that's sick. This is what she was thinking in her head. But it didn't go beyond that. She didn't put two and two together. She didn't, you know, figure out that it was about Islam. And, and I, frankly, I don't think anybody else really did either. So then the morning after Benghazi, she wakes up, turns on the TV, and there she is in the movie 
on television being blamed by the Secretary of State, by the President of the United States, for the deaths of four Americans. And she completely freaks out. She says, my gosh, that's not me. You know, I didn't play in a movie like that. And she looks at the subheads and says, Muhammad is a child molester. She said, I never said that. It's not in my script. And so the book is really about her efforts to get her life back. People were calling her up in the middle of the night with death threats. They were saying horrible things to her on her Facebook page, uh, sending her emails. Uh, she ultimately had to leave the small church where, that she had built. She was a pastor. Uh, she had to move. Um, uh, and, and, you know, it was, it, horrible things happened to her. So she decided she would ask Google, which runs YouTube, to take down the movie, to take it off of the Internet. And she got a lawyer who, who worked for her pro bono named Chris Armenta, uh, who's a big character in the book. And they thought that Google, you know, initially would, of course, comply because it's a pretty simple thing to do. They do it all the time. They take down material that's offensive or, or which uh, goes against their, their terms of use. But Google said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. It's a First Amendment issue. We're not going to take down this video. And they couldn't believe it. So they filed suit in federal court. And just to make a long story short, they sued this actress. They, they were engaged in a lawsuit with this actress or defending against this actress for two and a half years. They spent millions of dollars in lawyers' fees to do what? To keep up this pathetic, miserable movie on the mm-hmm. Internet. And we're, you know, I'm sitting there as I watch this, scratching my head, and I say, well, wait a second, why would they do that? And then you find out that the CEO of Google... Eric Schmidt is a close friend of Obama's, personal friend of Obama's. He's a big donor to Obama and to the DNC. And then as I scratched deeper, you find that Hillary Clinton was uh, working with uh, the Organization of of Islamic Cooperation and had been working for several years to impose blasphemy laws, Islamic-style blasphemy laws here in the United States that would prohibit this kind of thing. But now... Wait, can't get wait, people wait, wait. all excited what? about it if it doesn't exist. So they had to have the movie up on the Internet. They had to have the protests. And the movie really did inspire 83 very real protests around the Middle East after the Benghazi attacks. Over 40 people were killed. Okay, so this movie really did get Muslims very, very angry. Uh, and, uh, you know, but and when they get angry, they go about killing people. Uh, so they needed that. They needed to point to the video and say, aha, it's the fall of this video. And so what they do, they put the filmmaker in jail. Essentially, he became the first victim of Islamic Sharia blasphemy laws here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when you say blasphemy laws, what, could you describe that a little more? It's actually very simple. Uh, if you say anything that Muslims don't like, you've committed blasphemy. Okay, that's really put very, very simply. Uh, well, if wait, you say something about Muhammad and they don't like it, you've committed blasphemy. Just in regard to Muslims or Islam? Uh, yes. Oh, of course. This doesn't have anything to do with Christians or, or, or Jews, I guarantee you. And she got these laws passed. Hillary. She got what she what she did get passed with uh, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation was a United Nations General Assembly resolution the year before Benghazi, 1618 is the number, uh, which essentially uh, um, commits all signatory countries, including us, 
to uh, respect all religions. Now, it, it, you know, it's couched in language that they can say, well, you see, this is also to respect Christianity and, uh, Christianity and Judaism. Tell that to the Saudis, how they respect Christianity and, and Judaism. If you're a Christian mm-hmm. or a Jew, you're not allowed to practice your religion in Saudi Arabia, period. <laughs> There's no question mm-hmm. of respect mm-hmm. for religion in many Muslim countries. So this was all about forcing us in the West, and specifically in the United States, to... Uh, adhere to Islamic Sharia blasphemy codes in what we could say or could not say about Islam. Huh. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's a very serious issue, okay? And that is a very yes, serious is. limit on our First Amendment I mean, freedoms. And that's part, of the, that's, that's part of the story that I go in into in this book, I think is a very serious uh, issue. It's something that we haven't talked about uh, in regards to Hillary Clinton. And she was at the forefront of this, and we find this out. You know, I documented in the book through emails that have become released uh, from her server. You find out, for example, that she was absolutely obsessed with Pastor Terry Jones in Florida. This is the, this is the guy who was burning mm-hmm. cars, right? Mm-hmm. Obsessed with Terry Jones. And, in fact, in the, it, for, for quite some time after the Benghazi attacks, uh, Hillary's staff thought that the video that they were all talking about was a movie made by Terry Jones. They were looking at the wrong video. It's hilarious when you look at it. It's sick. It's pathetic. But it's hilarious. They were looking at the wrong video and say, oh, my gosh, we've got to outlaw this video. And they were looking at Pastor Terry Jones and not at innocence of Muslims, because they couldn't find it in the beginning. Uh-huh. <laughs> so then they had wow. to, as I said, so then they had to make it go viral, and there they got a, a, a lot, the U.S. government played a huge role in making this video go viral around the world. Now, this video that we're talking about, I just wanted to sort of clarify, it's really a 14-minute um, so-called trailer for the larger movie that this man um, wanted uh, to to make, Nakula, um, I mean that was his plan. I guess he, you know, I guess like it. in the style of Hollywood, he was hoping that the trailer would then be able to generate funds to support the full-length movie that he wanted to do. Well, he actually shot the whole two-hour movie, and uh, what he was—he shot the whole two-hour movie and then made the trailer from it. So the trailer is an excerpt from the two-hour uh, film. Oh, he did—he uh, did complete it. Okay, but yes. but I think I read that it was only okay. Was that the movie then that was shown like to ten people or something? Once? Yes, that's right. So he—he—they he, had a showing in July of 2012 in the Hollywood, uh, you know, in Hollywood Avenue, the the Hollywood Theater. Uh, Nobody showed up. It was a complete bomb, right? Nobody was interested. Nobody came. came. He called it at that point uh, Innocence of Bin Laden. Uh, they distributed um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of flyers at radical mosques around, around uh, Los Angeles, hoping they would get Islamists to come, thinking it was a pro-Bin Laden film. <laughs> huh. But even that didn't work. Uh, and well, yeah, cares. I was going to say, that's, that's tongue-in-cheek, right? Innocence yes. of Muslims or innocence of, of bin Laden, because really, from the beginning to end of the trailer, in any case, and I presume the movie, the full length, um, it is just a put-down of everything. And as you said, you know, they are, he did take it from some authentic passages, but everything from 
um, pedophilia to bestiality to um, uh, adultery to you know uh, t- stealing everybody's money any any sin <laughs> that you could think of um, he had Muhammad in this movie do. Which is authentic, and that is, uh, those are authentic scenes from the life of Muhammad and from the Hadith. So those were not, he did not invent those. It was just the, yes. the he turned them into derision in the, the way that the actors uh, played them. Uh, and, 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 that, way that, and his goal was really to, um, you're saying that, that he really had, uh, you know, a what, a well-meaning, or I don't know how to describe it, yeah, um, I think goal. We, we, I, I spent a I spent a lot of time with him, and uh, uh-huh. he's still he's still very very afraid, very afraid that Obama will arrest him again and put him back in jail. He spent a year in jail for the movie, okay, uh, and they were hoping he would get killed by Muslim street gangs, huh. um, and luckily he did not. Um, but he, he look he he looked at this when he called it. He retitled it at the end, "Innocence of Muslims," and what he meant by "innocence of Muslims" was that look. The Muslims themselves, the individuals, the people, they're just people like you and me. They're innocent. They, they are not committing these crimes that we see. They're not committing the terrorist crimes that we're, we're seeing. It is the ideology of Islam that is committing those crimes. Mm-hmm. And I like to think mm-hmm. of it like a, you know, think of a dog that gets rabies and, the, and you know, a rabid dog and it bites you and, and, or bites a child and the child dies. Well, it's not the dog's fault. The dog's innocent. Mm-hmm. But the rabies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the rabies is deadly. It's the virus mm-hmm. that's deadly. So he was saying yes. his ideology is like, a, is like a virus, and it is deadly. Yes, yes. Of course, it's how the people in power are interpreting um, the ideology. Well, it's you the know, ideology the are, of Sharia law, it is the supremacist... Yeah, it's the supremacist ideology of Islam. It's not, right. it's not the, the, you know, the beliefs of ordinary Muslims who, who, are not, who do not buy into the ideology, because, frankly, most Muslims do not. And most Muslims are not even aware of the ideology, the supremacist ideology of Islam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, the... So there were 80 cast and crew. I'm just... there. It was, um, it was originally... Well, the, the script that he gave to the unsuspecting... Uh, actors and crew was called Desert Warrior. And what is that, that scene? <laughs> the, explain that scene. There's a doctor and his family, and he's writing on a blackboard, and he, he writes man plus X equals DT, and then um, what, what is that? So what he was trying to say there, and, and it becomes clear as you, as you um, uh, read the whole script, he was saying he was, he was, he was the doctors instructing his children uh, about really what is Islam. So man plus X equals terrorist, Islamic terrorist, uh-huh. IT, right? So what is it? The daughter turns around and says, well, what is X? And he says, aha, my daughter, let me tell you a story. <laughs> and we go uh-huh. back 1,400 years, and he then tells the story about the rise of Islam and I, the founder of Islam, Muhammad. <laughs> I see. So, okay. Now, you know, it's hard to tell in the trailer where, what, but okay, now I see that the... Uh, that the beginning of the trailer and of the movie is more of the present day, and so right. his saying that, um, let me tell you, and here's, here's the story, and then it goes into the story of Muhammad. Uh, that's, that right. Kind of liter- that's right. It's his literary device, if you wish. Yes, yes. That's kind of clever as a, <laughs> you know, as a way to tell the story. 
Um, so, so then um, the actress did bring it to the court, and at first they wouldn't um, take it down and so on, but she won in the end, right? Well, it, it, it's a bit complicated. She won on appeal in the Second Circuit, and, and this was like two years after it, okay? And then Google said, well, we don't like that result, so we're going to appeal to the entire Second Circuit. When you go to a circuit court, which is a court of appeals in, 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 in the United States, it's usually a three-court panel. But if, a, if, a, uh, if somebody loses there, they say, well, I'm going to appeal this to the entire circuit, and then it will go to a 10 or 11-judge panel, and they rehear the whole case. And so they reheard the whole case, you know, many months later, and that 10-judge panel ultimately uh, 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 decided in Google's favor after two and a half years and millions of dollars that Google spent. Uh, so mission accomplished. The film was back up on the Internet. It's back up on the Internet today. You can find it if you, go, if you Google it. And um, uh, Cindy continues, alas, I have to say, she continues to get death threats as a result of it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I could even people who don't really understand the words, or I mean, I know it's also been dubbed, and that's and when it was circulated into uh, uh, the Middle East and so on. But but you know, even if you didn't know English or any other language, um, some of those scenes, like um, I guess with that with this actress. Uh, and Mohammed, one of the earlier scenes where she puts his head down on her lap, inside her lap, lap I don't know how to describe it here. Right, um, inside her skirts, right. <laughs> yes. Um, Remember, that's the, that's the porno film director. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And then all of a sudden he's cured from whatever it was that he was supposed to be cured from. He sees the light. Well, <laughs> you know, again, light. once again, but, but, but Carol, once again, that is an authentic story from the life of Muhammad. He comes back from his cave, believing that he has been, he has been talking with the devil, with, 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 with the devil. And he says, he says, hide me, my wife, hide me, hide me from the devil. He's coming. He's talking to me. It can't be God. It's got to be the devil who's telling me these verses, right? He's, he's, he's hearing the verses of the Quran. And so she puts them between his legs like that. And then she takes off her veil, and, he, and she says to him, and this is also in the movie, she says to him, do you see him now? And he said, no, he's gone away. What happened? And she said, it wasn't the devil. It was an angel. She says, well, how do you know mm. that? He said, because when I took off my veil, he didn't want to, he was modest, and he did not want to see me unveil, and he went away. So this is really an authentic uh, passage from the life of Muhammad, that all Muslims who go to mosques at mosque and learn the story of Muhammad, they learn the story as children. Well, but, I don't, but they don't learn it as pornographically. Uh, but they, they don't see it graphically. And by the way, that's, that's perhaps one of the reasons that Islam does not allow any visualization of the prophet or his or his life, because if mm. you actually started to visualize these scenes, they are pretty graphic, and mm. in this case, pornographic. Mm-mm. Yes, that's very interesting. All right. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more about how. So, well, I I hope that this is going to be coming back to bite her even more than you know 
the mention of it and the various investigations and so on have been doing in the past, which she has, I mean, she's escaped to the point that she's now the nominee. Um, so what, what, what do you know of or what are you planning and plotting? How are you going to be making some of these things that we're just talking about now even more at the forefront? Uh, I presume you're going to be doing tons of interviews, and, and um, but I, I would think that between now and the election, this is very important stuff to have come out because because it just shows this whole pattern of her um, deception, of her continuing deception, and, and continuing to shrug off all these allegations from Benghazi to her emails. Well, that's right, and and most importantly. Uh, Okay, first of all, Benghazi, she, she got her 3 a.m. phone call. Remember in the 2008 campaign where she did this ad against Obama saying, who do you want to answer the, the, the phone call at 3 a.m. with the national security crisis? Me, with all of my experience, or somebody with no foreign policy experience whatsoever, the senator from Illinois? Well, she got her 3 a.m. phone call with Benghazi, and it didn't even occur at 3 a.m. It was at 4 in the afternoon when she had the whole U.S. government, all of her staff, at her beck and call, and instead of responding to it, she spent precious hours of that afternoon and early evening devising a cover-up, a deception mm-hmm. that she put on, o- over the American people. That is her style of leadership. I think people, you know, I need to explain this, obviously, to, 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 to people wherever I go. This is her way of leading. It's deceive, deceive, deceive. Lie, cover up, and deceive. Shirk responsibility, blame the, the hired help, and deceive the American people. Uh, she will not assume responsibility for anything. She never has in her life. It's always somebody else's fault. Have you ever noticed that, by the way? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's one of the strong points. One of the things that I, right from the beginning, loved about uh, Trump, and that is that, okay, yes, he makes mistakes and sometimes, and he... Um, you know, in his because he answers quickly, or you know, he's very passionate about things and so on. But then he he admits it, and um, and you know, and people can tell that he's real. He, you know, he, I can't imagine him sitting in a in a meeting and uh, getting all these people to perpetrate some kind of fraud like this. He is what you see is what you get. Well, and first of all, uh, if our military uh, were being fired upon, uh, it's inconceivable that Donald Trump would not do everything in his power to make sure that they got all the backup that they possibly could. Look, there is a sacred trust between our elected leaders and our men and women in uniform. And it goes like this. We send you into battle. You may die to protect our freedoms, but we've got your back. That's the way it goes. And Hillary Clinton did not have their backs. They all know it. That's why you have so many of them who have come out and actually endorsed Donald Trump. You had two of the CIA security uh, 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 guards who were responsible for saving those people in Benghazi. They came out. They were there the first day of the Republican convention supporting Donald Trump. You have the widow of Ty Woods, one of the Navy SEALs who died that night. She has now cut a, an ad, a, a one-minute spot for Donald Trump. Um, so, and that's why they do it. Uh, they're doing it because they know the character of this man versus the character of Hillary Clinton that she displayed. Now, her character is very clear. I mean, we know who she is. 
Yes, I mean, it is true. Imagining him getting that phone call, he'd be, you know, on his feet uh, yelling at everybody, you know, do this, do that, or you're fired, you know. I mean, he'd be very aggressive um, towards trying to protect Americans and, and uh, to, to squelch what was going on there. You know, you know and, th- and that is one of the major differences in, in kind of a general sense um, in terms of what Hillary's platform is towards, um, towards terrorism and, and towards aggression towards America. You know, <laughs> her saying, like what you said at the beginning, her saying that every, America what has, has always been great um, rather than addressing these issues and, and aggressively. Right. Uh, well, that's absolutely right. And, and uh, listen, when she thinks America has always been great, what she means is, uh, hey, we're doing pretty well at the Clinton Foundation. Uh, <laughs> we netted $36 million for our privy purse uh, this past year. We're, America's, a great, America's great, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. And I guess that's going to be the next bombshell that, uh, I mean, I know it's already begun a little bit, but... Um, do you think that that's going to be the next bombshell as it becomes clearer as to where the money is, where the money went? She can't avoid this. Uh, Hillary Clinton uh, going to the November elections is like uh, the old cartoon car just married with all of the tin cans rattling against the pavement <laughs> behind it. <laughs> you know, I, I like been, that. Yeah, it's Benghazi. It's Clinton cash. It's corruption. It's pay to play. It's all these things, selling, you know, selling of influences. It's all of these things that uh, have been Hillary Clinton's um, style of politics from the very beginning. Remember, this is the, this is the young lawyer who went to Washington to work as a staff member of the Watergate Committee. And she was fired by the Democrats because she was a liar and she was untrustworthy. <laughs> yes. Well, um, what, so, so can you tell us, um, we don't have that much more time to go, but can you tell us what to look, uh, where we can... <laughs> Where you're planning on, um, how you're planning on not just promoting your book, but I know you obviously feel passionate about what you've written about. It's not just a book. It's wanting to get people to know these things. So what are some of your plans between now and the election? Well, we're going to, uh, we're going to be coming out on TV probably next week. Uh, I think there's, a, there's uh, one of the national tabloids is actually going to pick up some of the information, and I didn't realize it, but they've got millions and millions of subscribers. So I think that should help to get the word out as well. And, you know, and I just plug away doing, um, doing radio and talking to um, anybody who will listen because it's so important, I think, to get the truth out about Benghazi and the truth of uh, her role in it. And when it comes to this film, uh, it's just such an outrageous story. And, and I spent well over a year with both the actress, uh, Cindy Garcia, and the filmmaker, Nakula. She destroyed their lives, and she did so, you know, completely cavalierly. You know, just without a thought, without a care. And that's the way she operates. She really doesn't care about collateral damage as long as she is okay. Um, You know, one of the emails I found, her her former consigliere, Sid Blumenthal, uh, from the White House and the Clinton Clinton White House in the 1990s, he was involved in helping to devise this deception the night of the attacks. Uh, He sent her an email about, you know, what a great story this would make. Blame it all on the YouTube video. Um, mm-hmm. had his son write one of the first big articles about it appeared the very next day. Uh, so this is, 
this is this Clinton web of deception that we, in my opinion, we really cannot allow to take over this country. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I certainly um, hope that you will... Uh, Hope that this you will get a lot of people uh, hearing this and convinced because you know it kind of makes it more real. I mean, I think nowadays when people hear Benghazi, like a lot of it was kind of hidden or confusing or all these conflicting reports. But your story and and um, looking into this, investigating this whole story, puts it all together in a way that makes it very understandable and very horrifying. Does uh, Cindy Garcia also get death threats, and does she have to? Uh, Live in hiding? She, well, she doesn't live in hiding. She's a very proud woman, uh, and she's a, she's a patriot. She loves her country, uh, and she loves her God. Uh, so she does not want to live in hiding, but yes, she is still getting death threats. And to think that this is happening, uh, what, we're almost four years after the Benghazi attacks, it tells you something about, frankly, about the Islamists and how, uh, you know, they just live on a different universe than you and I do. Uh, they do not respect the democratic values that we do. They do not respect free speech. They don't even conceive of the term. They don't know what it means. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, yes, you can you read all about it. My, my website, kentimmerman.com, T-I-M-M-E-R-M-A-N, has uh, both information about the book. Uh, it has direct links so you can get it at Amazon. Uh, it should be in most Barnes and Noble uh, booksellers, the bricks and mortar stores. Um, you ask for it, and um, uh, my articles are up there as well. KenTimmerman.com. Yes, let me let me Ken obviously and Timmerman T I M M E R M A N dot com. Um, well, that I, I wish you all the best, and um, I, I people really need to. It's not really need to understand that this is part a very upsetting part of her pattern, a very telling part of her pattern. So let me uh, tell my listeners again the name of the book, Deception, the Making of the YouTube Video, Hillary and Obama Blamed for Benghazi. So um, again, Deception is Hillary's middle name, and we're seeing that more and more um, this book, the emails, uh, and, and yes, and these trails of tin cans that are going to follow her. Uh, up to the election. Well, thank you so much, Tim Ken Timmerman, um, for for sharing this and for writing this book. It sounds fabulous, and well, Carol, um, and I hope. Go ahead. Yeah. Th- thank you very much, Carol, for having me on. It's been a pleasure to talk to, talk with you. Well, same here, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.